was for a game where the point spread was so uh, so vast and you know basically a lot of people thought that Georgia was going to walk in and run over Auburn and you can kind of see the spirit of Auburn propelled uh, the football team a lot further than a lot of people thought it would go um, you look at the Auburn's inability to pass the ball but still be in a game of that magnitude against the back-to-back defending national champions and a five-star player who wants, who feels that they can be a foundational player. Um, there's nothing for Auburn to hold their head about when it comes to the way they performed. And I think KJ Bolden picked up on that. Uh, overheard him talking. I think <clears throat> Jason wasn't far away. Uh, overheard him talking about how cool it would be to see uh, Auburn win. Uh, he actually was talking to five-star uh, 25 Alabama commit Ryan Williams and uh, uh, Jalen Crawford. And uh, I was in earshot. I had just spoken on all three of them. Antonio White was there too, and he was just saying how cool it would be if Auburn won. He was like, "Man, I kind of want to see Auburn win this game." And uh, I thought that spoke val- volumes to for somebody who's been around Georgia a million times, uh, visited that campus a bunch, um, really get caught up in the Auburn spirit to the point where he would have liked to see probably somebody rush the field and see how Auburn would have you know celebrated. And I think that the fans, the way he was treated, uh, the autograph signings, all of that uh, coming from a school that he's not even committed to really had a major impact on him. Do I think he's close to flipping? Not at all. Do I think that it's an uphill battle? Yes. Do I think that Auburn is doing everything they can to stay in his recruitment? They absolutely are. And uh, let Auburn pull off a couple of more wins. You'll get another crack at uh, recruiting him at the Iron Bowl. Let's say Auburn comes out on top of the Iron Bowl, and I think uh, you have some serious consideration for K.J. Bowden. Yeah, Dukes, I think you hit the nail on the head, and it's something that we've kind of talked about ad nauseum on the board. But in terms of recruiting, obviously these recruits, they wanted to see a win. They wanted to rush the field, do all that. 
So this is as close as you could get to having a win, at least in terms of recruiting, because all these guys are saying, hey, you know, they're a player away. We'll talk about Ryan Williams a little bit later. I'm glad you brought him up. But you know, Ryan Williams is saying they just need a couple of playmakers and they upset number one Georgia. And the coaches are like, well, yeah, Ryan, you're that playmaker. We need you. We need you out there catching passes. And for KJ Bolden, the thing that, you know, I asked him um, after his official visit, I said, you know, what does it mean for you? Kay Lee is obviously a guy that he's close with. Kay Lee has played a lot as a freshman. Jalen Simpson is now tied uh, for the most interceptions of all of college football at the free safety spot where Auburn's recruiting KJ. I'm like, what does that, what does that mean to you? Is that important when you look at Auburn? And he said, definitely. He likes Ron Roberts' defense, that playmaking defense, he called it. Um, and he thinks that you know, he could potentially step in and be an impact, immediate impact guy right there at free safety because Jalen Simpson's played his way into the NFL and probably played his way into a pretty solid draft pick compared to where guys thought he may not even get drafted. Um, so KJ is one to keep watching. Um, Dukes, like you said, he'll be back for the Iron Bowl. Pretty much everybody's going to be back for the Iron Bowl. But important to still get him on campus and take as many chances as you get. Um, Jason, I want to pitch it to you for one of the other big official visitors, Jeremiah Beeman, the Alabama defensive line commit. Um, he's been on campus quite a bit back this weekend for his official visit. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. We, we've seen a bunch of Jeremiah Beeman in the last 12 months or so. Uh, the guy that, that you know, the previous staff recruited, but, you know, obviously, you know, it's, it's ramped up a lot with, with this staff. And I think especially now in the, maybe in the last few months, um, Jeremy Garrett, he frees those guys. Um, you know, Freeze was just in his school this week. Now the coaches come back back be on the road in this bye week. <laughs> but, you know, Beeman visited, <clears throat> entire family visited. Um, you know, obviously committed to Alabama. He's also visited Colorado. Um, this is one that I think you look at it and um, this Auburn have a lot of work to do. Yeah, they do. But they also have told him, look, here's the plan. We need we need this specific type of guy, and you're that guy. Um, because <clears throat> we can see Keldrick Falk. Keldrick Falk is going to be a guy that's going to weigh 295 or 300 pounds before it's, he's done by this time next year. He's probably going to be an, an interior defensive lineman that, that can rush the pass or do some of those things. Gerald Beeman is a guy that's a big pass rushing defensive end. And, um, you know, this is, this is one of the guys that, that you look at in this class going, man, this could be a big difference maker for them. Um, probably going to be tough to, to pull this one out of a kid from Birmingham right there at Alabama. Um, but Saturday was a huge step in the right direction. I mean, we're going to say that over and over again with everybody we talk about because like, you know, like Dukes and Christian just said, but um, you know, when you, when you start talking about the impact of a day like Saturday, it's, it's really funny. And I've been thinking about it for, you know, three days now from a program standpoint, absolutely winning that game was the best thing that could ever happen to you from a recruiting standpoint. I don't know that it could have gone much better than you did Saturday, because like, like you guys just said, you did push Georgia to the limit and then you can turn around in the locker room and go, look what we need. We need you, you and you. That's what we need to make this thing a reality. Obviously, winning the game, it you do that do that anyway. But now you can go, look, this guy's what we needed. We need the playmakers. We need the guys that can rush the passer. We, here's what we need and we're missing. And that's what you got to find. We've been talking about it all year. The kids knew it, but it showed up on Saturday that look what they're doing and they still don't have those pieces. So I think it was a huge, a huge recruiting coup for kids to believe in the staff. They can see it. And we heard that we've heard it the last two years. 
say all the right things all you want to, but if you don't show it on the field, then guys go, oh, well, it's just talk. Saturday showed it on the field. They showed, look, we can get this done if we have the right guys. It's a huge, that's a huge thing for recruiting, and I think it's going to show up this year and down the road. Yeah, Jason, that actually reminds me of another K.J. Bolden quote, not to go back to him again, but you know, he said that he was really impressed by what they were able to do keeping up with Georgia, and the thing he specifically mentioned was these aren't even their guys. He said, you know, these are a bunch of portal guys, and the back half of the 23 class for Hugh Freeze, and I think his exact quote was, once he gets his guys, it's going to get real scary down here. So these guys are taking notice. They see they see the vision a little bit. Um, I think let's do the other official visitor in terms of non-commits. Um, Walker White, DJ Barber, and Joe Phillips were all also there. All three are already committed. All three actually had really good things to say. So definitely make sure to head, over, head on over to AuburnUndercover.com. If you haven't read those stories, you can still find them over there. They were really good. Um, but then the other guy was Favor Edwin. Um, the Eagles landing Christian Academy offensive tackle, who is absolutely massive. Um, a picture does not do it justice. It does not. L- listing him at, I think, 6'8", 290 on his 24-7 sports profile, I don't think also does it justice, to be honest. I mean, he is a massive human being. Um, he's exactly what you're looking for when you're looking for an offensive tackle in terms of frame. And he came over from Nigeria, came over and really started playing basketball. Jason, the thing that's interesting was – one of the guys that really got him playing football was Colton Hood. Yeah, yeah, I talked to Colton. He was there uh, as, as part of Favor's visit, and I talked to Colton on Sunday, and he's like, yeah, like I'm, I'm the one that talked to him into coming out and playing football. He was a basketball guy, and I'm like, dude, you need to be coming and playing football. And he's gained weight. He's gotten bigger. This, I mean, this is the exact path that Prince Tega want to go junior follow, the exact path, the guy that was came to, came here to be a basketball guy, Football coach said, well, you can play basketball if you want to, but your future's in football. You move to football, you're going to be raw, but the athleticism, strength, power, and work ethic show up already. And this is one of those guys that you look at. And, I mean, because of the connections, because of having Colton here and what well, he fell in love with, I mean, just, just, just listening to him talk about his visit and saying, look, I want to try to get back to every home game. Um, this is one that you look at now going, uh, I think Auburn is in pretty good shape. And I mean, we all know Colton Hood. Colton Hood is a great kid. Um, and he said, hey, I can trust that guy. So that you start thinking about relationships and it's coaching relationships are important. The man player relationships are just are maybe more important when you have bonds with kids, with recruits come together. You know, we talked about Walker White and all these guys. This is a class that has a strong bond already, and kids are kind of joining in it. But you also have guys that have bonds with with players already on the team, and this is one of those guys. I think it could pay off for Auburn. I, like Christian, you said, hey, you were close to putting in a crystal ball. I, I, I did earlier today. Yeah, I so did. there you go. I think it's I think it's right there. I, I I think Auburn has 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 put itself in great position for for this guy that man has a ton of upside on the offensive line. Yeah, not an immediate impact guy, but. And for Auburn, you know, we saw it last year with the 23 class. You've got to start layering the depth chart. Correct. That's what this staff is doing. You've got to get your transfers. They're going to have to do that again because some of these guys are going to be gone. We knew that they were one-year guys, rentals, um, in a sense. And so you got to layer the depth chart, and you can't get a much better piece of clay um, to mold there on the offensive line at tackle. Then favor Edwin. Um, now we've already got some questions, so we'll just hit those. Um, 
David actually says, as long as Dukes doesn't interview them again, we have a chance. Well, David, unfortunately for you, we're scheduling the Fave Red Wing um, interview earlier uh, earlier today. Getting Alvin Henderson as well, Laquan Robinson. We're going to get all those guys, make sure Dukes touches on all of them, um, does all those video interviews. Just kidding. We don't have any of those set, but we do have some of them that we're going to try and do. And Dukes is going to talk with them. And eventually one of them is going to commit to Auburn. And that's going to be a victorious day on the board. Um, what, well, the funny part is uh, – I was favorite Edwin's first interview, so <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh man. Uh, okay, some questions here. Cole, which commits committed elsewhere did Auburn make the most ground with? That's a great question, and there are a ton of good answers. <laughs> yeah, I mean there there are so many of those guys that were on campus. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, there's two of them right there, teammates in Sarah Land. Uh, when you think about KJ Lacey and Ryan Williams, both 25 guys that have been to Auburn a bunch. Um, those guys hung around and stayed until Sunday and, and visited. I was going with Caleb Odom because Caleb Odom is a guy that has grown up kind of following Auburn. He's from Carrollton, Georgia, which is, as the crow flies, it's pretty pretty close to Auburn, just across the line. Um you look at the tight end spot, that's a playmaker position in this offense. You've seen some from Rivaldo Fairweather. Uh, Caleb Odom, I, I think, you know, can Auburn can Auburn make the, the another grab from Alabama for a playmaking big wide receiver slash tight end? I, 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 it won't shock me if that happens, um, especially if he, you know, if they get it back on campus again. I know he's, he's going to Ole Miss this weekend. He said, hey, it's it's Ole Miss and Auburn that have a chance against Alabama. Auburn's got a chance to play both those teams here down the road. Um, and if they can just continue to show what they did, that's a guy that could have as much impact on a class as anybody When in terms of when you're talking about going to get a guy that can go get the ball anywhere on the field. You pair him up with this wide receiver group you got, and if you were to pull a Nykar or Cam Coleman as well, I mean, if you're, if you're Auburn, you, you say, hey, shut the door you get ryan williams too i mean you know to shut the door and be over with you're like hey that's that you can't do anything else if you're auburn to get more playmakers and so that'd be a guy that i would want to dukes i'll go ahead unless you have one ready because i want to i think i've got a pick that i feel pretty good about um and it was the guys that we showed ryan williams and kj lacy i think neither of those guys they both visited last year neither had a good experience um ryan came up with a penn state game um and it's pretty well known now that the only person that really talked to him was Jason Caldwell. Um, and so, you know, I was talking to him pregame um, and I said, Hey, anybody talked to you yet? He said, everybody's talked to me. Um, and he reiterated that after the game, had a meeting with Hugh Freeze. It's look, there's a reason he's Auburn's number one wide receiver target in 2025. And there's a reason he's committed to Alabama. And there's a reason every other school likes him at wide receiver. He has all the makings to be a generational talent at wide receiver. Um, and I think Alvin definitely made up some ground. It was huge to get him back on campus. Huge for him to stay the next day as well and spend more time on campus on Sunday, get even more alone time with the coaches. Because, you know, the coaches, he said everybody talked to him, but those meetings, they have to be quick. You got to kind of boom, boom, boom. You got to talk to a lot of guys when it's a Georgia weekend like that. But to spend even more time on Sunday is notable. And the same goes for Texas quarterback commit K.J. Lacey. Um, the game he visited for last year was – the Arkansas game, um, he arrived at halftime. By that point, Auburn was already getting blown out. Um, Brian Harson was fired two days after that game. 
So he never really got a true Auburn game experience. So I think Auburn made up a decent bit of ground with both of those guys in the 25 class. Dukes, is there anyone that sticks out? I know we just took a couple of good ones, but there's a ton of other committed guys that were there. Uh, <clears throat> one committed guy that was there, um, he's a little bit further down the line, but uh, I think uh, Julian Lewis, uh, Juju Lewis, uh, who was I think was a surprise visitor to a lot of people. Um, him showing up in Auburn, he didn't have a whole lot to say on campus, but um, for what I'm hearing, just the atmosphere was something that he wasn't expecting. He's uh, currently committed to Southern Cal, <clears throat> um, also flirting heavily with Georgia as well. But I think Auburn did a lot to kind of get on his radar, and I think that uh, right now, like in the state of Georgia, uh, what we call uh, the wave, like Auburn has a wave right now, um, even – wanting to be something different than what everybody else is doing. So, and you can see that even with him committing to Southern Cal uh, as a sophomore, when, and, and there's a, there's a lot of rumors about him uh, reclassifying, but uh, especially with the Georgia NIL rule uh, changing recently, there's less of an incentive for him to move out to California. So with him staying close to home, like you said, going to the same school as Caleb Odom at Carrollton, uh, Auburn being as close as it is, which is probably closer to, uh, Carrollton and Georgia is. Um, I think Auburn did a lot to impress Juju Lewis, who is committed to Southern Cal. Okay, that's an interesting one. Didn't see that one coming, but that's an interesting one. Um, C. Child, McCullough's Bulldogs teammate, the linebacker, Jane Perlotti, is he a legitimate target for Auburn or not? Yes, absolutely is. He was on campus on Saturday again um, after returning. Last time he was on campus was Big Cat Weekend. Yep. So, yes, he is a target. This is an interesting one from James. Um, did the outcome of this game possibly cause us to get more players on the offense, the defense, or both? Um, I would say offense because there's a pretty clear need there um, in several different spots. But you can make a case for different positions. I mean, we heard it. LJ McRae was saying they're, they're a defensive lineman or two away from changing the game. Jamonte Waller talked with him just a little bit, really brief, briefly. He didn't want to do an interview, but he's like, they, they just need a couple more playmakers. So you can make a case for either side of the ball. Um, I would just say offense because I think you could sell receiver need pretty immediately, and we were just talking about Ryan Williams. But uh, there's a case for both sides, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think both sides show it. I mean, defensively, you know you're going to rotate guys up front. You're going to roll guys, and they still don't have that one true pass rusher. They're, they've been kind of doing it with smoke and mirrors. Um, Ron Roberts has done a great job to squeeze everything out of this defense right now. But they, they, they're they not – we saw it Saturday, and it, and it showed up late in the game. You know, you either – you can't blitz every play. Um, and then when you don't blitz and you don't get pressure and Brock Bowers on the other end of things, that there's not much you can do. And so still looking for those guys to be <clears> – you're <throat> right, playmakers is the key. That's what we talked about all year long. Dennis Simpson is an absolute playmaker on the back end of this thing, but they still haven't got found the guy up front. Marcus Harris now. Marcus Harris is good Saturday, but can you find some of those guys to to push the pocket and create some of those plays rushing the passer? So yeah, I think defense shows up. Op, offense obvious. I mean, you look at you look at outside at you know wide receiver, um, offensive line. The the need has shown up pretty quickly. Dukes, take for you on that one. Yeah, I think um, I think what kind of showed up the most was that um, a position that you already have uh, solidified, which is quarterback for the next class. Um, um, 
you know, a lot of people say if you've got two, you've only got one. So I think seeing the need at quarterback was something uh, to go back to my other point where if you have that guy at quarterback, um, you probably win that game, to be honest. Uh, not, and not to take anything away from because I think Robbie played well and I think Peyton Thorne played well as well. But just not having that aerial aspect with the type of playmakers that you do have, like let's say you do get Ryan Williams and Caleb Odom and Cam Coleman and Perry Thompson, you get all of these guys. If you don't have the right trigger, man, it's all for not. So I think that uh, showcasing that, you know, having the right guy in the future could mean a lot to the program. And I think uh, a lot of people took notice. Yeah. Uh, David did follow up Dukes and he said he loves the content. He loves you. Just feels a little bit cursed. But uh, we've got one more question here. And guys, if you have questions, we're still going to go for another 10 minutes or so. So we'll drop some questions. Uh, where do y'all think Auburn will finish this upcoming year in recruiting ranks? Top five, top ten. I do not think top five is feasible. Right now, Auburn's sitting at 14th, I believe, in the 24-7 sports team recruiting rankings. I think Auburn can get anywhere from, I'll say, 7 to 12. Um, and I think Auburn will crack the top ten. It might be 9 or 10. But I think they'll crack that top ten, and I think that's a pretty big win in my book for really the first recruiting class they do for these era. Yeah, I think I think to get to a five would mean everything falling into place. It would mean yes. LJ McCray. It would mean um, Cam Coleman flipping. It would mean KJ Bowman. It would mean Jeremiah Beeman. You would have to get all those guys, and, and they're still out there. But you, it, you know, you don't expect to go one hundred percent. That's kind of what it would probably take to get to five. I agree. I think probably seven to ten, somewhere around in there, would be my opinion. Yeah, I, I'd go. Uh, I think they'll have a top eight class. Um, just seeing how the coaching staff has been really, really uh, – after missing out on, on some earlier commitments, the way they've been diligent about steady recruiting the guys that they wanted instead of just <clears throat> uh, taking guys who may not have been as high on the board, I think it shows that the confidence that the staff has as well as uh, the feedback that, are, that they are getting from players – so I think that the way this class is setting up, when you look at the average per player, I think uh, as the class fills out, if they stay with that average, uh, there's no way they'll be below eight. Here's a good one. Um, this is a name that um, I keep hearing about the Smith kid. That's Derek Smith from Selma. Is he as good as people are saying? Jason, you've seen him play at Southside Selma. Raw football player a little bit, but a very good football player. Yeah, I actually seen him played played football and basketball. Um, so I've seen him seen him in, in multiple sports. That's the thing about him. Uh, he he's a he he's a guy that is a little bit bigger, but it's going to be a Courtney Taylor thing, in my opinion. I think he's that kind of athlete. Courtney was a guy that coming out of Carrollton, you know, was a guy that came in with a really heralded class, and he was a little bit behind. Ben Obamanu, Devin Aroma should do, and those guys early on because, you know, he had played every position. He was a basketball guy. He had not focused really on football stuff. I think Derek Smith is the same kind of guy. I think Auburn's right there for him. But this is a guy that I'm, I'm telling you is a legitimate roaming free safety, too. I think as a sophomore, he had like 13 interceptions, um, to, you know, last, last season. So this guy could play either side of the ball. I think probably wide receiver is where he'll wind up. But he's a big physical kid. As a as a brother, that's a six six wide receiver, forward two on the basketball team, and um, pretty fun to watch. And um, yeah, so 
we'll, we'll get a chance to check him out, even if it's not football season this year, probably back on the basketball court at some point this fall. But Auburn's, made, I think, made a strong push for him. And Marcus Davis, is a, that's one of the guys he really likes in next year's class. Yeah, and he was back on campus for the game. Man, a few words, didn't say a whole lot. But if you were there actually listening to what he was saying and watching his facial expressions, I guess you could say he was definitely um, showing his interest in Auburn. Let's hit on two safeties here real quick. Duke's Zaquan Patterson, the Miami commit, ends up making the trip back up. This is a kid who, you know, despite being from the South Florida area, grew up with Auburn people kind of in, kind of in and around his circle a little bit. Um, so he's been coming to Auburn games for a while. He's always been interested in Auburn, always been following them. I think one of the things that was interesting to me was he said, you know, I've been to a bunch of games here before, but the one he said, I was just really, I was really fired up for this one. Just something about it. I was really excited for it. And he's like, look, they lost to the last second, but I can't even, I can't even be mad about that. You know, that was a really fun game. Um, I, I think this is similar to KJ Bolden. There's still work to be done. I would still call it uphill, um, but to get him back on campus for an unofficial visit and still have that official visit saved for some time later this season certainly doesn't hurt. Um, I mean, Duke's just kind of, what's your thoughts? And the other thing I do want to add on him too was, you know, he's saying, look, Auburn, Auburn couldn't really stop Brock Bowers at all. That's where I'd feel comfortable playing in this defense. Um, and so th that was interesting to me that he saw a fit pretty easily in this defense. Yeah, yeah that's exactly where I was going. Um, looking at how Brock Bowers performed, um, even in bracket, a lot of a lot was made about saying, oh, but they didn't bracket it. Yeah, they did bracket the coverage, but it was a half-side top safety, not directly double-teamed, which would have left everybody else man-to-man. -man. So having a guy who could do have more of an impact in a one-on-one -on -one type setting is something that uh, I heard Patterson was really interested in. Uh, and, and the DBs love Ryan Roberts' defense because it's really predicated upon the success of the secondary. He sends a lot of perimeter blitzes. Um, they do a lot of things funky at the star. If you play, you can play the field, the boundary, or the star safety, and you can actually be interchangeable if you can handle it. Um, he's one of those guys who feels like he's just as strong in run support as he is um, in pass coverage. So I think uh, the showcasing of Ron Roberts' defense, where he could fit, had a major impact on him. Now, as far as being an uphill battle, I still think it is. I think if you get him back to OV at the Bama game, uh, things go favorably. Um, it's right before signing day, closer to signing day. I think that uh, it's somebody that I believe he will return for that game, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure if it's confirmed yet, but that's what I was hearing. And uh, I think it's somebody you have a, a legitimate shot with. I don't think you have any of those thumpers like him in the se in the secondary right now committed. So, um, well, well uh, I think Kinsley Faustin is is a pretty decent hitter, but he's more he's a little faster, athletic. But I think uh, this guy. I wouldn't say faster, but definitely more of a coverage guy than, than Patterson Rangy. is. Yeah, rangy. There we go. Um, but, yeah, outside of that, I think uh, Patterson has a, a a really decent shot at ending up in the class. I say decent, not – I don't feel like it's imminent. And I do feel like uh, Miami has a big game against Georgia Tech this weekend. And I think uh, – I believe he's visiting, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, they'll do everything they can to try to make sure that he forgets about his Auburn experience. So, getting them back on campus will be huge. Yeah, I want to hit on another safety, another thumper there at safety. Um, Jason McQuan Robinson, you had the chance to talk with him after the game. Juco safety. And the more I was starting to think about the secondary uh, of the future, the more Auburn needs 
a lot of guys next year, and they need some guys that can immediately help because Jalen Simpson has played his way into the draft. Zion Puckett is running out of eligibility if he's not already out after this year. I don't know exactly. DJ James and Nehemiah Pritchett probably gone after this year. Keontae Scott could head to the NFL. Donovan Kaufman's getting older. Your entire starting secondary really is going to be gone. Now you have young guys that you brought in this last class that you like. Kay and Lee has already played. Terrence Love has gotten in the mix a little bit. Sylvester Smith has, but you're going to need some guys that can help contribute right away. And Laquan Robinson can be one of those guys. Yeah, I mean, you look at, at, at the safety spot, and, and this is a guy that you're right. you got some younger guys that are playing and that have played, but, um, you know, have bringing in an experienced guy that can, can you know, maturity level and um, bigger body guy is a guy that can really step in and play and do some things. And so Laquan Robinson, a kid from Greenville, um, saw him play in high school, um, is a mature guy, grew up in a family full of Auburn fans. Uh, they made him a priority. Um, going to come back for an official visit for the Iron Bowl. I'll be very shocked if he doesn't wind up a part of this class if Auburn wants him. I think if they push for him, I believe he'll be part of this group um, when it's all said and done. And, you know, again, 6'1", 6'2", you know, 210 pounds, a little bit bigger body guy. Um, it's always a guy that had had the athleticism. Um, and I think going to junior college helped him hone in those skills and do some of those things. And so, um, yeah, I think I think that's a guy that absolutely should be on every one trade R um, for the next couple months. Two guys that I had that we didn't really talk about that much, we'll touch on really quickly. Khalil House, the Stanford offensive line commit, makes it back to campus. Um, he said that he'd probably be back for a couple more games this fall. Um, Auburn's still chipping away. Uh, I'd be surprised still if he doesn't end up in Auburn's class, to be honest. I just think going from Houston County, Georgia, all the way up to Stanford, the closer you get to that and actually signing with Stanford, the more you realize how tough it is just to go home for a weekend or something yeah. like that. We we just uh, we just found that out a few weeks ago. It is a long way from Auburn, Alabama to to, to Palo Alto, California. Um, yes. And, and so yeah, you you make that trip. There's it's not buzzing home for the weekend to get you know get some home cooking. That's not happening. So. Um, Really athletic kid. I, I, you know, this is a guy that I think if Auburn could get him into class, it'd be huge. Other one is Nykar um, that we should touch on, the former Georgia wide receiver commit. Um, he backed off his pledge last week, and then the first place he visited was Auburn. Um, I think Miami's in the forefront of this recruitment a little bit, and he'll be in Miami this weekend, Penn State next weekend. But Auburn's really in the mix, and they've been working this one hard. He was on campus for Big Cat Weekend, even when he was a Georgia commit. Um, and you know, he said he plans to be back for an official visit, so we'll see how this one develops. But it was definitely noteworthy that he was on campus. We'll touch on this real quick. Um, Adam said, not sure if you're taking basketball questions, but we'll answer whatever. So we had a scrimmage earlier this week. Did you guys get to attend? No, we didn't get to watch it. But Bruce Pearl did talk about it a little bit. Um, I think he said that you know, they shot the ball really well, but then he's like, well, we're playing, playing against each other, so don't know what that really speaks about our defense. Um, gotten to watch practice a little bit. This is definitely a much improved shooting team. The biggest key now will just be how does the defense kind of show up. Well, we can talk about with basketball real quick. Jason was two big-time 2025 visitors. Um, five-star guard Jalen Harrelson from La Lumiere, um, and then the 
the kid that you talked to from Texas, whose name I honestly don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah, but you Green, look at Jeremiah Green, maybe. Jeremiah Green, yep. Um, six three point guard from from Texas, um, Denton, Texas. Um, I both guys really enjoyed it, and and you know, this is two you know big time prospects. They also had you know five star unofficial visitor on campus, a couple other visitors. It's a big weekend for basketball as well, and yeah, I mean. Um, yeah, it was a it was an important weekend for recruiting because these these basketball kids can take multiple official visits this year and then they can turn around and take them again next year. So this is a good opportunity to get that first one in. And okay, yeah, I really enjoyed that. I'm gonna come back again. And and a lot of these guys now will make a decision before their senior year starts. So you can get a so the, the people that are visiting now, you could get another official visit in next June and have a guy make a decision pretty quickly. So I thought those visits went well and. Um, yeah, the scrimmage was the morning of the Georgia game, so it was a little tough for us to try to make that one. But seeing them watch them practice a couple of times, yeah, this team's going to be able to shoot the basketball. Um, they're going to be able to to do some things. Uh, Aiden Holloway is is fantastic. Um, the, the, you know, five star freshman point guard. I think him and Trey Donaldson will be really good together at the point position. Uh, Denver Jones at two guard is a guy that can shoot it, can do some things. Um, I think it's a, a really interesting team. They're longer. Um, but obviously you don't have the ball hawking guys, at least right now, on the backcourt that are defender guys. I could see this team actually doing a little bit more kind of zone things, um, zone press, do some things like that with that length. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be more shoot and try to get up and down a little bit more, I believe. Honestly, the biggest highlight of the weekend for basketball was uh, former Milwaukee Bucks head coach Mike Budenholzer uh, <laughs> was on campus this weekend, and as a Bucks fan, uh, that was awesome. Got to meet him real quick at practice and then saw him again at the game on Saturday um, and geeked out a little bit and asked if I could get a picture with him, but really nice guy. Um, and his son is looking at coming to Auburn just as a student. So he got to go to basketball practice and got to go to the game and everything, but just really cool to see him. Fellas, I think we'll probably wrap it up there a little over 30 minutes. Just any parting thoughts or any things that I've missed, Dukes, Jason, I feel like we've touched on some of the major ones, there's still so many names that we could talk about. There were so many guys that were on campus, um, and it went well with really all of them. So we could be here all night, but I think we've – Yeah, I, I think it was just just the overall atmosphere. Um, I mean, it was it was incredible atmosphere. Kids were stayed engaged from beginning to end. You kept every recruit in their seat until the clock hit zero. That's it. And and that was a big part of things. They got to see the fans engaged. And, you know, you hear kids talk about all the time about atmosphere. They saw as good an atmosphere as you're going to find. I mean, you might have one that equals Saturday. I don't care where you go. You're not going to have one that's any better than Saturday was. And so these kids leave there going, and that was special. Um, that was a special time. And, you know, again, I, I said, you know, you're talking about it's all about planting seeds. You know, whatever you do, it's about planting seeds and recruiting uh, relationships, whatever it is. That was another day of planting seeds for the staff and the program. And, you know, we'll see some we'll see some fruit from that down the road. Dukes, any final thoughts? Uh, just uh, double up on basketball. I think uh, Jason uh, got a chance to speak with him as well. Uh, there was a 26 uh, small forward. Um, Jalen Wingfield, who visited yep. with uh Tavares Dice, uh, right now he's below the radar, like a lot of uh, the but the preps who, who prep prep 
Hoops Report, um, who's really big in Georgia, just named him the number one player in the 26 class. He absolutely gave it to everybody right ahead of him this summer on the circuit. So uh, talking to guys that, uh, in the rankings department, they feel like he'll be a high four-star. Uh, came, came uh, visited, got a chance to uh, check in with some of the basketball coaches, and he'll be returning for uh, an unofficial visit to another game this year. So just yeah. a name to look out for. Yeah, do you see that's a guy that has some strong bloodlines too, right? Right, yeah, his dad, uh, D'Antonio, D'Antonio Wingfield, uh, was South Georgia. What, what did he play, uh, Jason? He was, he was from Albany. Yeah, yep. Albany. Albany. Yeah, that's a guy that, you know, when you mentioned the name, I mean, like, boom, okay. Um, D'Antonio Wingfield was, was a big-time player. He's still probably one of the top ten players to ever play in the state of Georgia um, coming out of high school. Um, yeah, so that's that's pretty good when you start thinking about the next and those lines. Um, Auburn's had pretty good success with – with sons of successful dads coming through the program. And who right. knows, maybe, maybe that'll be another one down the road. Yep, absolutely. Perfect. Well, I think we'll wrap it up there. I'd love to keep going. I'd love to talk about Tavares Dice. Auburn's made a pretty big move there with that 2025 offensive tackle. Um, but we'll wrap it up there. Um, let's get more consistent with this. That's all May. We've just been slacking on the recruiting podcast a little bit, but we'll definitely do that. I love doing them live. I love to interact with the chat. I know we kind of decided to do that last second so didn't get as many people in. But honestly, when y'all are asking us questions, that's the best because you're the ones that are listening. You're the ones that we care about. So we want to we want to answer what you want to hear about. So we'll definitely try and get more a little bit more consistent with this. Um, if you're watching on YouTube and you have not subscribed already, definitely make sure to do that. It doesn't cost you anything. We're on the push for on the push for ten thousand. I'll say that. I think we're above. 8200 or something like that so we're making the surge for 10k so let's try and get that um maybe by the end of the year something like that that'd be a big stretch but we'll see um if you're not over at auburnundercover.com if you're just on youtube or apple spotify wherever you're listening to this as a podcast go check us out at auburnundercover.com run that special right now you can join for a dollar for the first two months or you can get i think it's 30 percent off an annual sub so definitely make sure to check us out over there Look, it's the bye week, but we've had a ton of coverage. We're still going to have a ton of coverage the rest of the week. And then we get rolling in the second half of the season at LSU. So we've got a ton of stuff over there. Definitely make sure to check us out. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the podcast. And we will catch you guys in the next one.